the Bible, the book that has changed the world by changing lives around the world. Men and women, young and old, the Bible has changed my life. The love, stability, and hope that I need, they're all found in the Bible. The Bible gives me hope that a new day is coming. The Bible is helping me see what really matters. The Bible Live is a -a one-of-a-kind, first-time-in-history radio program. Offering you the chance to hear a 15 to 20 minute Bible reading each weeknight. The entire Bible, every year. Hear the scriptures, then call in with your comments and questions. This is the best show in the world. Well, actually, I was speaking against everything you were talking about before, and uh, now I, I stand humbly corrected. I'm a pastor, and our people really need to know the word more. The Bible also transformed the life of your Bible Live host. A full-blooded Apache Indian, born out of wedlock and abandoned at birth. Soapy Dollar was found in a big city alley by a kind-hearted fortune teller, then passed around to 16 families before he was six years old. Placed in a home for homeless and delinquent boys, Soapy Dollar heard the Bible's life-changing message at the age of eight, and the course of his life was changed. He's an American Indian guitar play it all around rodeo cowboy. I keep my thumb between the pages and my heart in the book. With more degrees than a thermometer and over 40 years of introducing folks just like you to the God of the Bible. Here is Sophie Duller. I hope you are somewhere warm and dry this evening. Thank you very, very, very much for joining us. We are in the book of Leviticus. We'll continue our way through this week and next, and then just in time for Christmas week and Christmas Day, we'll go back to the book of Matthew, the first of the four Gospels in the New Testament, and we'll start there with the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, and make our way through the Gospel of Matthew, and then come back and pick up at Numbers and Deuteronomy. We'll finish up then the five books of Moses called the Pentateuch, which means five books, or the Torah. Actually, the book of Numbers is a good book to come back to at the first of the year as well. The very name itself, Numbers, means that the people of Israel at that time were taking inventory of their lives, of who they were as a people. And that's what we do every year at New Year. We take inventory of our lives, the resources we have, our strengths, our weaknesses, our experiences of the past year, and perhaps look forward a little bit to what we think we might be facing in the coming year, trying to make sure that we are prepared for every challenge, every opportunity that will come our way. So that's our reading schedule for the next few weeks. Right now, we'll continue our way through the book of Leviticus. We've just begun. We have the people of Israel still there at the base of Mount Sinai, receiving instructions from Moses about the tabernacle, about worship, about the moral, ethical, even dietary, ritual laws, worship laws and rules and traditions that will mark them and define them now as a society, as a people. We've been looking at Nation Building 101. And we can find some really important truths about what is important in the building of a people, in the building of a nation. We are going through a little nation rebuilding of our own right here in America. The question is still out, what are we going to become? What kind of people, what kind of nation will we be? Let's go now to the book of Psalms, Psalm 22, this messianic psalm about Jesus the Messiah and his suffering. 
Psalm 22, verses 11 through 21. Do not stay so far from me, for trouble is near and no one else can help me. My enemies surround me like a herd of bulls. Fierce bulls of Bashan have hemmed me in. Like roaring lions attacking their prey, they come at me with open mouths. My life is poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax melting within me. My strength has dried up like sun-baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You have laid me in the dust and left me for dead. My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. An evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count every bone in my body. My enemies stare at me and gloat. They divide my clothes among themselves and throw dice for my garments. Oh, Lord, do not stay away. You are my strength. Come quickly to my aid. Rescue me from a violent death. Spare my precious life from these dogs. Snatch me from the lion's jaws and from the horns of these wild oxen. End of reading. Psalm 22, verses 11 through 21. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. alone. You might be surprised to find that here we are in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew Scriptures, way back in the book of Leviticus. And we are talking about the Messiah. We are talking about Christ. From the very beginning, God's plan was that he would redeem mankind, fallen humanity, by sending his Son, who would take on flesh and live out a perfect life of faith and trust, obedience, total dependence upon the Father. Jesus did nothing in his life, in his ministry here on earth. He did nothing of his own personal power, authority, prerogative as God. He was God, but he laid that aside voluntarily and chose to come and live out a life of perfect and total dependence upon the Father. And he did that for our sakes. And now we have this beautiful psalm here tonight, Psalm 22, in which David gives an amazingly accurate description of the suffering that the Messiah would endure hundreds of years later. David himself was obviously enduring some great trial, but through his suffering, he, like the Messiah to come, believed that he would gain victory. This is a prayer that we read tonight that carries us from great suffering to great joy. Despite apparent rejection by his friends and even in some way apparently by God, David believed that God was with him still and that God would guide him and lead him out of despair. And he looked forward to the day when God would not only rule in his life, but his rule will extend over all the earth. In that same moment, though, he is dramatically presenting the plight of Jesus the Messiah. Jesus quoted the first verse there from Psalm 22 while he was hanging on the cross, carrying our burden of sin, winning our redemption, our salvation. It was not a cry of doubt, but an urgent appeal to God. Well, let's go to the book of Leviticus. We're continuing through some of the procedures that the people of Israel would follow in worship. Now, the theme of the book of Leviticus is God's holiness, 
and worship, worship, worshiping him. We have all of these rituals and all these beautiful dramatizations of what it is to know God, the true and living God as he is, and the truth that he reveals to us about ourselves, about our sin and our unrighteousness, but of his forgiveness as well. To the Bible life. Leviticus 2.1 through 6.18, Leviticus 2. When you bring a grain offering to the Lord, the offering must consist of choice flour. You are to pour olive oil on it and sprinkle it with incense. Bring this offering to one of Aaron's sons, and he will take a handful of the flour mixed with olive oil, together with all the incense, and burn this token portion on the altar fire. It is an offering made by fire, very pleasing to the Lord. The rest of the flour will be given to Aaron and his sons. It will be considered a most holy part of the offerings given to the Lord by fire. When you present some kind of baked bread as a grain offering, it must be made of choice flour mixed with olive oil but without any yeast. It may be presented in the form of cakes mixed with olive oil or wafers spread with olive oil. If your grain offering is cooked on a griddle, it must be made of choice flour and olive oil and it must contain no yeast. Break it into pieces and pour oil on it. It is a kind of grain offering. If your offering is prepared in a pan, it also must be made of choice flour and olive oil. No matter how a grain offering has been prepared before being offered to the Lord, bring it to the priests who will present it at the altar. The priest will take a token portion of the grain offering and burn it on the altar as an offering made by fire, and it will be very pleasing to the Lord. The rest of the grain offering will be given to Aaron and his sons as their food. It will be considered a most holy part of the offerings given to the Lord by fire. Do not use yeast in any of the grain offerings you present to the Lord, because no yeast or honey may be burned as an offering to the Lord by fire. You may add yeast and honey to the offerings presented at harvest time, but these must never be burned on the altar as an offering pleasing to the Lord. Season all your grain offerings with salt to remind you of God's covenant. Never forget to add salt to your grain offerings. If you present a grain offering to the Lord from the first portion of your harvest, bring kernels of new grain that have been roasted on the fire. Since it is a grain offering, put olive oil on it and sprinkle it with incense. The priest will take a token portion of the roasted grain mixed with olive oil, together with all the incense, and burn it as an offering given to the Lord by fire. Leviticus 3 If you want to present a peace offering from the herd, use either a bull or a cow. The animal you offer to the Lord must have no physical defects. Lay your hand on the animal's head and slaughter it at the entrance of the tabernacle. Aaron's sons, the priest, will then sprinkle the animal's blood against the sides of the altar. Part of this peace offering must be presented to the Lord as an offering made by fire. This includes the fat around the internal organs, the two kidneys with the fat around them near the loins, and the lobe of the liver, which is to be removed from the kidneys. The sons of Aaron will burn these on the altar on top of the burnt offerings on the wood fire. It is an offering made by fire, very pleasing to the Lord. If you present a peace offering to the Lord from the flock, you may bring either a goat or a sheep. It may be either male or female, and it must have no physical defects. If you bring a sheep as your gift, present it to the Lord by laying your hand on its head and slaughtering it at the entrance of the tabernacle. The sons of Aaron will then sprinkle the sheep's blood against the sides of the altar. Part of this peace offering must be presented to the Lord as an offering made by fire. This includes the fat of the entire tail cut off near the backbone, the fat around the internal organs, the two kidneys with the fat around them near the loins, and the lobe of the liver, which is to be removed with the kidneys. The priest will burn them on the altar as food, an offering given to the Lord by fire. If you bring a goat as your offering to the Lord, lay your hand on its head and slaughter it at the entrance of the tabernacle. Then the sons of Aaron will sprinkle the goat's blood against the sides of the altar. Part of this offering must be presented to the Lord as an offering made by fire. 
This part includes the fat around the internal organs, the two kidneys with the fat around them near the loins, and the lobe of the liver which is to be removed with the kidneys. The priest will burn them on the altar as food, an offering made by fire. These will be very pleasing to the Lord. Remember, all the fat belongs to the Lord. You must never eat any fat or blood. This is a permanent law for you and all your descendants, wherever they may live. You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Leviticus 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, Give the Israelites the following instructions for dealing with those who sin unintentionally by doing anything forbidden by the Lord's commands. If the high priest sins, bringing guilt upon the entire community, he must bring to the Lord a young bull with no physical defects. He must present the bull to the Lord at the entrance of the tabernacle, lay his hand on the bull's head, and slaughter it there in the Lord's presence. The priest on duty will then take some of the animal's blood into the tabernacle, dip his finger into the blood, and sprinkle it seven times before the Lord in front of the inner curtain of the most holy place. The priest will put some of the blood on the horns of the incense altar that stands in the Lord's presence in the tabernacle. The rest of the bull's blood must be poured out at the base of the altar of burnt offerings at the entrance of the tabernacle. The priest must remove all the fat around the bull's internal organs, the two kidneys with the fat around them near the loins, and the lobe of the liver. Then he must burn them on the altar of burnt offerings, just as is done with the bull or cow sacrificed as a peace offering. But the rest of the bull, its hide, meat, head, legs, internal organs, and dung, must be carried away to a ceremonially clean place outside the camp, the place where the ashes are thrown. He will burn it all on a wood fire in the ash heap. If the entire Israelite community does something forbidden by the Lord and the matter escapes the community's notice, all the people will be guilty. When they discover their sin, the leaders of the community must bring a young bull for a sin offering and present it at the entrance of the tabernacle. The leaders must then lay their hands on the bull's head and slaughter it there before the Lord. The priest will bring some of its blood into the tabernacle, dip his finger into the blood, and sprinkle it seven times before the Lord in front of the inner curtain. He will then put some of the blood on the horns of the incense altar that stands in the Lord's presence in the tabernacle. The rest of the blood must then be poured out at the base of the altar of burnt offerings at the entrance of the tabernacle. The priest must remove all the animal's fat and burn it on the altar, following the same procedure as with the sin offering for the priest. In this way, the priest will make atonement for the people, and they will be forgiven. The priest must then take what is left of the bull outside the camp and burn it there, just as is done with the sin offering for the high priest. This is a sin offering for the entire community of Israel. If one of Israel's leaders does something forbidden by the Lord his God, he will be guilty even if he sinned unintentionally. When he becomes aware of his sin, he must bring as his offering a male goat with no physical defects. He is to lay his hand on the goat's head and slaughter it before the Lord at the place where burnt offerings are slaughtered. This will be his sin offering. Then the priest will dip his finger into the blood of the sin offering, put it on the horns of the altar of burnt offerings, and pour out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. He must burn all the goat's fat on the altar, just as is done with the peace offering. In this way, the priest will make atonement for the leader's sin, and he will be forgiven. If any of the citizens of Israel do something forbidden by the Lord, they will be guilty even if they sinned unintentionally. When they become aware of their sin, they must bring as their offering a female goat with no physical defects. It will be offered for their sin. They are to lay a hand on the head of the sin offering and slaughter it at the place where burnt offerings are slaughtered. The priest will then dip his finger into the blood, put the blood on the horns of the altar of burnt offerings, and pour out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. 
Those who are guilty must remove all the goat's fat, just as is done with the peace offering. Then the priest will burn the fat on the altar, and it will be very pleasing to the Lord. In this way the priest will make atonement for them, and they will be forgiven. If any of the people bring a sheep as their sin offering, it must be a female with no physical defects. They are to lay a hand on the head of the sin offering and slaughter it at the place where the burnt offerings are slaughtered. The priest will then dip his finger into the blood, put it on the horns of the altar of burnt offerings, and pour out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. Those who are guilty must remove all the sheep's fat, just as is done with a sheep presented as a peace offering. Then the priest will burn the fat on the altar on top of the offerings given to the Lord by fire. In this way, the priest will make atonement for them, and they will be forgiven. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Leviticus 5. If any of the people are called to testify about something they have witnessed, but they refuse to testify, they will be held responsible and be subject to punishment. Or if they touch something that is ceremonially unclean, such as the dead body of an animal that is ceremonially unclean, whether a wild animal, a domesticated animal, or an animal that scurries along the ground, they will be considered ceremonially unclean and guilty, even if they are unaware of their defilement. Or if they come into contact with any source of human defilement, even if they don't realize they have been defiled, they will be considered guilty as soon as they become aware of it. Or if they make a rash vow of any kind, whether its purpose is for good or bad, they will be considered guilty even if they were not fully aware of what they were doing at the time. When any of the people become aware of their guilt in any of these ways, they must confess their sin and bring to the Lord as their penalty a female from the flock, either a sheep or a goat. This will be a sin offering to remove their sin, and the priest will make atonement for them. If any of them cannot afford to bring a sheep, they must bring to the Lord two young turtle doves or two young pigeons as the penalty for their sin. One of the birds will be a sin offering, and the other will be a burnt offering. They must bring them to the priest, who will offer one of the birds as the sin offering. The priest will wring its neck, but without severing its head from the body. Then he will sprinkle some of the blood of the sin offering against the sides of the altar, and the rest will be drained out at the base of the altar. The priest will offer the second bird as a whole burnt offering, following all the procedures that have been prescribed. In this way, the priest will make atonement for those who are guilty, and they will be forgiven. If any of the people cannot afford to bring young turtle doves or pigeons, they must bring two quarts of choice flour for their sin offering. Since it is a sin offering, they must not mix it with olive oil or put any incense on it. They must take the flour to the priest, who will scoop out a handful as a token portion. He will burn this flour on the altar just like any other offering given to the Lord by fire. This will be their sin offering. In this way, the priest will make atonement for those who are guilty, and they will be forgiven. The rest of the flour will belong to the priest, just as with the grain offering. Then the Lord said to Moses, if any of the people sin by unintentionally defiling the Lord's sacred property, they must bring to the Lord a ram from the flock as their guilt offering. The animal must have no physical defects, and it must be of the proper value in silver as measured by the standard sanctuary shekel. They must then make restitution for whatever holy things they have defiled by paying for the loss, plus an added penalty of 20%. When they give their payments to the priest, he will make atonement for them with the ram sacrificed as a guilt offering, and they will be forgiven. If any of them sin by doing something forbidden by the Lord, even if it is done unintentionally, they will be held responsible. When they become aware of their guilt, they must bring to the priest a ram from the flock as a guilt offering. The animal must have no physical defects, and it must be of the proper value. 
In this way the priest will make atonement for those who are guilty, and they will be forgiven. This is a guilt offering, for they have been guilty of an offense against the Lord. You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Leviticus 6. And the Lord said to Moses, Suppose some of the people sin against the Lord by falsely telling their neighbor that an item entrusted to their safekeeping has been lost or stolen. Or suppose they have been dishonest with regard to a security deposit, or they have taken something by theft or extortion. Or suppose they find a lost item and lie about it, or they deny something while under oath, or they commit any other similar sin. If they have sinned in any of these ways and are guilty, they must give back whatever they have taken by theft or extortion, whether a security deposit or property entrusted to them, or a lost object that they claimed as their own, or anything gained by swearing falsely. When they realize their guilt, they must restore the principal amount plus a penalty of 20% to the person they have harmed. They must then bring a guilt offering to the priest who will present it before the Lord. This offering must be a ram with no physical defects or the animal's equivalent in silver. The priest will then make atonement for them before the Lord, and they will be forgiven. Then the Lord said to Moses, Give Aaron and his sons the following instructions regarding the whole burnt offering. The burnt offering must be left on the altar until the next morning, and the altar fire must be kept burning all night. The next morning, after dressing in his special linen clothing and undergarments, the priest on duty must clean out the ashes of the burnt offering and put them beside the altar. Then he must change back into his normal clothing and carry the ashes outside the camp to a place that is ceremonially clean. Meanwhile, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out. Each morning, the priest will add fresh wood to the fire and arrange the daily whole burnt offering on it. He must then burn the fat of the peace offerings on top of this daily whole burnt offering. Remember, the fire must be kept burning on the altar at all times. It must never go out. These are the instructions regarding the grain offering. Aaron's sons must present this offering to the Lord in front of the altar. The priest on duty will take a handful of the choice flour that has been mixed with olive oil and sprinkled with incense. He will burn this token portion on the altar, and it will be very pleasing to the Lord. After burning this handful, the rest of the flour will belong to Aaron and his sons for their food. It must, however, be baked without yeast and eaten in a sacred place within the courtyard of the temple. Remember, this flour may never be prepared with yeast. I have given it to the priest as their share of the offerings presented to me by fire. Like the sin offering and the guilt offering, it is most holy. Any of Aaron's male descendants from generation to generation may eat of the grain offering, because it is their regular share of the offerings given to the Lord by fire. Anyone or anything that touches this food will become holy. End of reading, Leviticus 2.1-6.18 I'm forgiven because you were is the Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. God's plan has never changed. Every human being that has ever lived on planet Earth, every human being that ever makes it into glory, makes it into God's presence, into God's heaven, will be there because of the work of grace and redemption that God has carried out within time and space through His Son, Jesus, the Messiah. 
that has been true from the very beginning. No one will be in heaven apart from the person and work of the Messiah. Not everyone knows as much as we know about Jesus the Messiah. We are privileged to have seen the plan carried out. We've seen it in all of its detail, in all of its beauty. We can look back and see the prophecies, and we can see the life of David here. We can see the genealogies from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph, and to the people of Israel, through Judah, and down to David the king. We'll be following all of this story of how God caused the plan of redemption to flesh out to become real all through the times of the scriptures until the Messiah appeared on one dark evening there in a little shed in Bethlehem. Oh, there's so many details. The beauty of God's plan, the astounding nature of God's plan of redemption. He guided and directed human history to bring about his determined and his desired ends. The Messiah is the central personality, a central message and work of grace that God carries out. And the Bible is all about that Messiah. Even in these burnt offerings that we looked at tonight, there are five key offerings that the Israelites made to God. In most cases, it dealt with the problem of sin. Now, the grain offering alone is one that has to do with gratitude and praise and worship to God for his goodness. It is not in remission of sin. The Bible says very clearly, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Now, we may be tempted to dismiss Leviticus as a record of bizarre rituals that come to us out of a far-off different age and era, or maybe a more primitive time. But these practices made sense to the people of the day, and they offer important insights to us today as well into God's nature and His character. Animal sacrifices were practiced in many cultures of the Middle East, God used this form of sacrifice to teach his people about faith. And sin needed to be taken seriously. So when the people saw the sacrificed animal being killed and his blood poured out, they were sensitized to the devastating, deadly nature of their sin and their guilt. In our culture today, we tend to take sin very casually. We ignore the cost of sin and the need for repentance and restoration. It is also worth remembering that the entire system of sacrifices could not help a sinner unless he brought his offering with an attitude of repentance and a willingness to acknowledge his sin before God and ask God's forgiveness. I notice in Leviticus chapter 5, verse 5, when you become aware of your guilt in any of these ways, you must confess your sin. In other words, these weren't just a bunch of rituals that you legalistically go through and therefore your sins are forgiven. And we, you can go about your life sinning again. No, this involved repentance, turning from our sin, and involved humility and brokenness, acknowledging that we have sinned against God and that a price has been paid for our forgiveness. The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Soapy reads from the New Living Translation by Kindle House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your prayers and financial support are needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now, don't forget, join us each weekday for the Bible Live with Soapy Dollars. 
start today and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's word. 